Let's get right into our word this morning. Uh, we're con- continuing on with our series uh, on questions that Jesus asked. And this morning, I'm going to answer the question that Jesus asked in John chapter 1, and that is this, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? John chapter 1, verse 38. Um, sorry, I went to the wrong John. I'm teaching in 1 John, so I went, I went to 1 John. Uh, John chapter 1, here we go, verse number 38. Then Jesus turned and seeing them follow, and, uh, let me start over. <laughs> My mind's all over the place. My apologies. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? One translation says, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which is when translated is teacher, where are you staying? Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek or what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? And we'll stop there. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. I was reading this week as I was preparing for the message. And again, this is a message that I'd prepare. I always, I'm like that. I always, if I'm going to be gone, I always prepare the following week's message. Because I, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that you know, everything's, all my T's are crossed and I's are dotted. And so this was a message I had planned for that. So anyway, I was doing some research. And I came across an interesting story. It was a story that several years ago at, in the English department at the University of Wyoming, they offered a class. It was the first one of its kind in the country. Now, I do think there are other classes. I kind of Googled a little bit just to, you know, if it's on Google, then you probably believe in it, right? I also have some land I could sell you. But anyway, um, several years ago, they were the first to formulate this particular class and offer this class to the university students. And it was a class, listen to me, it was a class designed to communicate with aliens. The course was titled Interstellar Message Composition. And it was sponsored by NASA. I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not making that up. And, and as I was reading this article and I thought, and we, we're, and we won't, debt elimination from student loans and we're offering anyway don't even anyway you understand interstellar message composition and one of the assignments what really intrigued me about it was one of the first assignments the instructor of this class gave he gave his students a class an assignment and what he wanted to do was to summarize the human condition in 10 words or less Summarize the human condition. Again, if you're going to communicate with aliens, what would you tell them about our species in 10 words or less? One student who happened to be an English major completed the assignment in nine words. And here's what he wrote. We are an adolescent species searching for our identity. End quote. Think about that. We are an adolescent species searching for our identity. Wow. I mean, you talk about hitting the nail on the head. This guy in this ridiculous class hit the nail on the head. This goes to the heart of our question this morning. What are you looking for? Again, 
uh, we're going to answer that question. Our text, if you uh, know anything about John right there, our text is about Jesus calling his disciples. So if you read in the context of chapters 1, you get into chapter 1, and the Word became flesh, well, it goes right into Jesus calling his disciples, okay? So that's kind of where we are. And, and, and again, we could, there's so many directions that we could go. This is a wonderful story. It's a wonderful uh, entrance into his public ministry. And there's so many little nuances about this story. I mean, we could have talked about uh, when Jesus called Andrew and Peter. The Bible says immediately they left what they were doing to do what? Follow Jesus. I mean, how many of that preach? That's a good message for today's world. We got so many people that it's, when it's convenient, they want to follow Jesus. Andrew and Peter left everything to follow Jesus. It's a powerful lesson for today. We could also have focused on what John said when Jesus came John was the one who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, Jesus was the atoning sacrifice. Jesus was the propitiation of our sin, which means he, he was the one who turned away the wrath of God that was directed towards us. Great message. Or we could have even focused on what happened with Andrew and John after they met Jesus. What did the Bible say? It said, Andrew first went and found his brother. Andrew and John were, uh, Andrew was a, bring, was a bringer. He always was bringing, every time you see Andrew in the Gospels, he's always bringing somebody to Jesus. And it was a great story, and we could have preached on that. But I want to focus on that one verse and that one question in verse number 38. When Jesus turned and saw the disciples, he asked them, what are you looking for? Now, again, I mean, you talk about a question. I want you to think about this. This question is that one that lingers in the air while we try to find a suitable answer. If somebody came up to you and said, what are you looking for? Or, or, or maybe another way of asking the question is, what do you want out of life? What is your life pursuit? What is it, what is it that you're pursuing that you think is going to satisfy the longing or the deep longing of your heart? What is it that you're looking for? I think that's the heart of the question. You know, it's so easy to read right past, the, uh, right past that question without probing. The, remember, Jesus never asked a question that didn't have some significant meaning behind it. And it's so easy to read right past that question when Jesus turned and like, what are you looking or what do you want? Today, that's what we would ask. What do you want? And read it without, mean, without reading into the meaning of what Jesus was actually asking them. You know, back in the 80s, the phenomenal band U2 had a, had a phenomenal hit uh, back in the 80s. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. In fact, I started to play it. <laughs> Bono sang these words. I have climbed the highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. I have run. I have crawled. I have scaled these city walls, these city walls, only to be with you, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Isn't that an accurate summation of life right now? So many people today are running to and fro in a, in a frenetic pace, trying to find something because they know there's something missing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. People are searching for meaning and purpose. And again, when Jesus turns to those disciples and asks them the question, what do you want or what are you looking for? It's packed with meaning. It's packed with potential. 
Because every one of us still are answering that question today. What is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? What is it that motivates you to, to, to go do what you do and to, uh, to be who you are? What is it that you're pursuing? Because that's an important question. I've often said that we've been born on purpose, with purpose. And I believe that with every fiber of my being. But when we search, listen to me, when we search for meaning apart from the Creator, we're never satisfied. When we try to find our purpose outside of that covenant relationship with the Lord, then we will always be longing for more. We'll always be looking. It's like Rockefeller was asked, how much money is enough? And he said, a little more. There's always a little more. We're never satisfied. It's never enough. Without this vertical relationship to give meaning and purpose to our lives, you know what happens? Confusion is the order of our lives. I want you to think about where we are in our culture today. If I don't have this vertical connection with Christ, if I don't have this relationship with God, then, then confusion. Because the world says to be happy are satisfied you've got to do this or do this and when that doesn't work then you move on to the next and when that doesn't work you move on to the next and to the next we have we have many many relationships that fail because they go into a relationship thinking this is the man this is the woman and it doesn't work there's something about the bible says be not i don't want to jump on that bandwagon but the bible says don't be unequally yoked it meant what it said right how many, how, many, how many families are struggling because they ne neglected to pay attention to the yoking? Again, when we, this is not right, order, dis disorder and confusion is what reigns in our life. I mean, think about where we are as a society today. Our children are told to deny who God created them to be and find purpose elsewhere. Is it any wonder that the highest suicide rate uh, rates today are among the LGBTQ and transgender gender communities because we have told them that they can find purpose and meaning and contentment by being something that the creator did not create them to be. I, I don't understand why we can't figure that out, that we, are, that we have taken what the creator has made and we've distorted it and we have corrupted it, and we're trying to, we're trying to take a square peg and push it into a, uh, into a, cir a, a circle, a round hole, and it's not going to work. And so people are confused. And, and, and here's what the society says. Oh, they're, 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 the reason that suicide rates are so high among that group of people is because of the way other people treat them. I understand it's a, it's a, it's a horrific thing that when, when people treat others in, in an inhumane manner. But I don't think that's the, the culprit. I say it's because they have bought into a lie and they've tried to find satisfaction apart from Jesus Christ. They denied the purpose for which they were born, male or female, and they've, been they've, they've become lost in the quagmire of endless searching. They're looking. Do you know as of today, I said this Wednesday night, but as of today, there are 107 gender distinctions that you can identify as. 107. I, I, I can't even contemplate that. And we wonder why we have children that are lost. We wonder why young adults are lost. It's because we have tried to find purpose and meaning outside of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And it does not and will not work. 
Our theme song today has become, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And so I run here and I run here and I try this and I try that and it's never enough. I told a guy one time who, who, who happened to be uh, an addict. He, drugs was his choice of trying, his way of trying to find satisfaction. I said, you know, at what point are you going to try something different? I mean, you're, you've, you've tried this, and you've tried that, and you've tried this, and you've tried that. I said, at what point do you realize that that high, that fix, is not what you're looking for? His answer was, I know, I know, I just can't help myself. Yes, you can. <laughs> I didn't do that. He was bigger than me. <laughs> he was bigger than me. Again, no wonder we live in a, in a world of uptight people, right? We've lost meaning. We've lost purpose. We live in a place, again, we, we, we live, we, we've lost sight of that purpose that God has placed in us when we were born. We've lost sight of that. Now, again, I know it's not politically correct these days, but I feel sorry for people who are so confused that they deny their God-given identity. It, 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 it's, a, it's a troublesome thing. When Jesus turned and asked this question, please understand it was loaded with eternal significance. It wasn't just a random, what do you want? What are you looking for? This question was posed in the moment that uh, was, was not really posed for the moment that they were in. It was a question that asked, what do you want out of life? What is it that, what is it that you're searching for that would give you contentment and fulfillment? I told somebody earlier this week, I said, you know, there is a place in God, and I've said this before, there is a place in God where all of the luster of man loses, uh, again, all the monuments of man lose its luster just for a moment with him. In other words, there's a place in God where we find the most contentment and the most satisfaction and most joy and most peace, and he gets all the glory. That's the place that we're looking for. That's the place that we're looking for. When we are at, again, we're asked the same question today. What is it that you want? What are you searching for? Let me ask you this question. Why did you come to church today? Think about it. Why did you get up this morning, come to church today? Did you come to see friends and family? Or, or maybe you had a particularly difficult week this week and you came to be encouraged. Or maybe you sit here today and you're not really sure why you're here. You know, across the country today, there will be 50, uh, roughly 52 million people in America in church today. 52 million. Uh, churches of all types. This represents about 30% of the, of the population. So why are we here and others are not? Last, this past Wednesday, I was teaching in, in, on our First uh, John series, and I was talking about sin, how we're not to sin. And, and I, I mentioned a quote by a guy by the name of Dr. Jim Dennison. I want to read it this morning because what a powerful thing he said. He was talking about today's mindset, particularly in Western culture, when it comes to the church, when it comes to Christians. Here's what he said. In our culture, I quote, in our culture, God is a hobby. God is for Sunday, not Monday. Just like golf or tennis or any other hobby, God is a part of our lives, but he's not Lord of our lives. We're consumers in our culture, so we go to church for what we can get out of it. We judge the experience by what it means to us, end quote. Wow. Wow, isn't that, isn't that right? God's a hobby. If I have time for God, then I'll make him a part. If I don't have time for God, then I won't. 
That's where we are today. That's what's breeding dissatisfaction. You ask people today, why don't you become a believer? And they talk about this level. Of, the reason that believers are not satisfied today is this vertical net connection is not what it needs to be. The Bible says of Adam and Eve in the, in the garden before the sin, before the fall, that the Father would come down every day and they would commune. You know, that was, that was, that was a type of a relationship that we should have with our Heavenly Father today. He didn't come down to visit with them on Sunday and then go and, and not come back to the following Sunday. It was a daily communion with the Father. And it's indicative of how, if we want to find the joy. See, as long as they, again, they were communing with the Father, there was, again, they were in that environment. And, and, then, and then, of course, sin came and corrupted that, severed that relationship. But it was still a type of what we should be doing today. If I want to find joy and peace in my journey, I've got to commune with him. Stephen Cole, again, I read this on Wednesday night, and I want to read it again. You know, Jesus asked this probing question because if we want to tap in to the abundant life that Jesus has for us, this thing has to be more than a hobby. It has to be more than a hobby. The Christian journey is not about living your best life. It's about finding fulfillment in your relationship with Him. When you start viewing God as a proverbial Sears and Roebuck catalog that you can request anything that you want, then, then you diminish the holiness of who God is and the splendor and majesty of who he is. He's not a doting grandfatherly figure that just doles out as his children want. He's, he's high and lifted up. Isaiah got a little picture of him. <laughs> he said, I saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And he, you, you read descriptions about him in heaven, and when he moves, things shake. And when he speaks, it's like many thunders that are, that are echoing throughout time and space. Not just doiling out for us. Satisfaction, again, life is not about finding my best life. It's about living in covenant relationship with him. Steve, again, Stephen Cole, let me go back to that. Stephen Cole uh, writes this. He points out that today in America, in the American church, that we offer two, um, two options for the Christian life. One is plan A, one is plan B. Plan A is this. Plan A is for the really committed to Jesus Christ. He said they have surrendered to him as Lord. Obedience is their goal and their passion. They've given up the right to spend their money as they choose because they've settled the fact that they are stewards of God's resources. They have signed up for a lifetime of service and are willing to do whatever God wants them to do. That's plan A. He said, but we offer plan B in the American church. In this option, he says, you accept Jesus as Savior, but you don't need to follow him as Lord. You can live the way you want to live, love only those who, uh, that you want to love. You can give or you can serve or you can plug into church when it's convenient to do so. You can nurse a grudge and withhold forgiveness. You can live like the devil during the week and come to church on Sundays. You can have Jesus as a hobby without bowing before him in his holiness, end quote. And he says many, many people are living plan B. That Jesus, uh, Jesus has no bearing on their day-to-day -day living. That's not. 
You'll never find. Listen, if you have one foot in the world and one foot, I don't know what crowd I'm preaching to this morning, but I'm just saying, if you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, you're going to be miserable. You will not find joy. It's only when you totally surrender and go all in. See, too many people, too many Christians in America today got their toes in the shallows and they're trying it out. They're wading out just to the ankles when our faith requires us to dive into the deep. But it's in the deep that we find what we're looking for. Until we get there, we'll keep singing, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That'll be our theme song. Again, what are you looking for this morning? And when Jesus asked this question, notice how the disciples responded. They turn, when he turned and said, what are you looking for? They said to him, teacher, where are you staying? And that's an interesting thing. They, they probably didn't, that's a, it's an interesting response. They didn't understand the implications of Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. They just knew that John had said, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They left, started following Jesus. Jesus turned, what is it that you want? They're saying, Rabbi, where are you staying? See, they found someone. They found Jesus, and they didn't want to lose him. Now, again, they didn't understand all the implications of what John said. They just knew that John, their leader, said, this is the one you need to be with. And when Jesus asked them the question, and they said, where are you staying? They, what they were saying is, we found the one we want to follow. We found the one we want to follow. See, they, they had grown tired of putting confidence in promising leaders only to be disappointed. Think about the time they were living in. When Jesus was born, again, you've heard me say this for many, many years, there was a great spiritual uh, uh, drought. 400 years, there had not been a prophet of God. There had not been fresh manna from God. 400 years of dryness. Oh, there had been people that had come along during those 400 years proclaiming to be the Savior, proclaiming to be their answer, and people followed. You can go back in church history and you can read. Some, many people followed these, these leaders. Some were rebellious leaders. Some of them had genuinely good hearts, wanting to bring change, wanting to bring Israel back to their relationship, their covenant with God. Many of, again, many of them have come along. So these guys now are at a point where they're tired of putting confidence in leaders that had disappointed them over and over and over again. Others had come along with great boasting, boasting great claims, only to fizzle out. And so for them, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, but when John acknowledges that Jesus is different, when they answer, their answer simply means this, are you worth, are you worth me giving up everything to follow that really is what they're asking are you are you the one that we should sell everything are you the one that we should deny everything and give up everything to follow you that's what they're asking where are you staying it was more than the address it was like they're not asking what hotel are you at or what lodge are you in or what tent site do you have they were they were saying are you the one that's worth selling everything to come follow was he what they were looking for? You know, it's interesting they don't actually answer his question because I think it, they don't answer his question specifically because they still don't know what they're looking for. They just know that there had to be more than to the life that they were living right then. 
See, and that's where a lot of us are. I've got to wrap this thing up. We live in a world that are filled with people who know that something is wrong. Again, we're not talking about building rockets. We understand there are people today that know something is wrong. Something is wrong with the world that we live in, and furthermore, something is wrong with our individual lives. Because I try everything the world says, and I'm still no better off than I was. I was told if I landed this job that it would bring me happiness and joy, and it does not. I was told if I earned this degree that I would be happy and fulfilled and content. I went and spent all the time and sacrificed so much, and I did, and it still hasn't done anything. I was told if I dated this person or married this person or, you understand what I'm talking about? One thing after another. People today live in a world, and they know something is wrong. There's a void inside. Our intuition tells us that something is missing. Even if we can't articulate what it is, we know that there's something missing inside of us. And so we aimlessly meander through life, and we never tap into what Jesus said in John 10, 10. He said, I am come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. When was the last time you truly, truly had the joy of the Lord? When was the last time you truly had a peace that surpasses all understanding? See, today we live lives that are filled with fillers and substitutes. I saw an article the other day, read your packaging when you go to the grocery store. They're selling fake meat. (laughs) Fillers and substitutes. I've been on that kick for a long time. I go to the store and find imitation cheese. Imitation cheese, how do you imitate cheese? It's either cheese or it's not, (laughs) right? You know, back in the day, they used to have, anybody remember cassette tapes? There used to be a brand of them. It says, is it live or is it Memorex? (laughs) You know? We, again, that's where we are. We, we live lives that are filled with fillers and substitutes, and we run from one thing to another trying to find something to make us complete. Some people turn to drugs and alcohol. Some people turn to money, position, act, activities to busy themselves. Some people turn to, uh, to, to relationships. Uh, some people turn to, again, we, we turn to all kinds of vices so that we're not confronted with the reality that something's missing. That's where we are today. And then Jesus answered, and I'm going to close. Jesus answered him and said, come and see. Now that's powerful. Because <laughs> that's the answer. Come and see. Jesus is inviting them into a relationship with him. See, it's more than come and see where I'm staying tonight. It's, come, it's more than come to see my, my, my habitat or my abode or my domicile. It's more than that. He's inviting them into a relationship with him. It's like come along on this journey and see for yourself that I am the answer that you are looking for. That's what that means. See, they turned and said, teacher, where are you staying? Again, are you worth following? Jesus said, come and see. Come into a relationship with me and find out that I'm everything you've been looking for. You see, Jesus is the answer to the questions of life. In fact, Jesus even told a a simple parable one time about a wise man and a a foolish man who built their houses 
one on the foundation of a rock, one on sand. The rock represents Christ. He said, you know what? If you're a wise person, you build your life upon me. It doesn't negate the storms of life. It doesn't stop you from having to take your wife to the hospital or, or, or to bury a loved one. It doesn't stop that. But if you'll build on me, when those storms come, you'll stand strong. That's what we're looking for. If we don't build on that relationship, then the storms can, Listen, we'll live miserable lives. Jesus, uh, again, that, that's superfluous. Don't build on things that don't have any meaning. There's a, a little joke about a little girl that was sitting there listening to her pastor one time, and he was doing a kid's message. And, and uh, so he asked the question. This little, little kids are in there. And, and so he asked the question. He said, what is small and brown, has a bushy tail, climbs trees, and eats nuts? And the little girl couldn't contain it anymore. She blurted out in class. She said, Pastor, sure sounds like you're, trying to, you're talking about a squirrel, but I, we're in church and I know the answer is Jesus. <laughs> Got to be Jesus. <laughs> out of the mouth of babes. Wow. The answer is Jesus. That's the answer. He's the answer to the questions that we don't even know we have. He's the answer to the longing of our heart. He was the answer to what the disciples were looking for. They're looking for Jesus even without knowing all the details. And you know what? He's the answer today. Guys, come on back as I wrap this up. He's the answer to what we have today. Are you, let me ask you, are you looking for purpose in life? I remember years ago, we had an elderly man in church back in the 90s. And he was on up in age and he was not able to get around very well. And one Sunday he caught me back as we were going outside and he had tears streaming down his face and he said, Pastor, he said, I, I want so bad to work. He said, I enjoyed doing these things. You know, he listed things that he had done in the church. He said, I enjoyed doing those. He said, but I, I can't, and he's crying. He said, I can't, I can't do them anymore. And he's just so upset. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I said, don't you think God understands the aging process for us as humanity, as, as human mankind? He said, well, yeah. I said, you've served. You've served. You've done. I said, your ministry changes now. I said, that ministry now becomes one more support than it is actually doing. I said, your prayers, though you think is not sufficient, are absolutely the thing that we need to have done right now. And I really believe that. He wanted to live out purpose. We're all, listen, that's the answer. What is our purpose? When I age... I don't lose purpose. Oh, things shift a little bit. They have to because physically we're not able to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We can't do what we used to do. We can't serve at the level that we used to serve. But I don't lose purpose because of that. We still have a purpose of being an ambassador for Christ no matter where we go. Listen, looking for a God who, uh, are you looking today as, uh, again for a God who loves you even though you might be a mess up? He's there looking for hope. Jesus is the answer. That little girl was right. I know you might be talking about a squirrel, but we're in church, so Jesus has to be the answer. Jesus has to be the answer. And you know what he is? Somehow when the disciples hear John identify the Lamb of God, they know this is the one to follow. Not only do they leave everything and follow him, they're so excited about they found what they were lacking and searching for. You know what they do? They go and tell everybody else. See, that's how I know we live with a bunch of dissatisfied believers today is because if we truly found what we're looking for, we'd be telling everybody we know because you can't contain yourself. 
How many know what I'm talking about? When you find a good restaurant that serves a good steak or good shrimp, what do you do? You tell everybody, oh, you got to go. Man, they have, the, they have Wagyu. Not ragu, wagyu, that's a beef. <laughs> right? Don't we do that? We tell people, you got to go try this restaurant out. It is so good. When you find the one who satisfies the longing of our soul, you got to tell somebody. Think about it. What did the lady say? Come see a man. Come see a man who told me, <laughs> and, and it's interesting that she would even be like that, because, I mean, he read her, the, basically kind of read her the right act, like, yeah, you tell the truth, you ain't married right, you've been married this many times, and the guy you're with right now, that's not your husband. I mean, he did, I mean, he wasn't soft, he wasn't excusing her, her sin. He called her out on it. But she could see the compassion that he was everything she was looking for. And she got so excited because now that gnawing emptiness inside was filled to overflowing. So she runs back in town and says, come see a man who told me everything I'd ever done. How many want to go see a guy like that? <laughs> she was so convincing because she bounced from one relationship to another, to another, to another. And she was so convincing when she got back to town. Everybody said, no, this lady's different. And if he can make her different, we got to go see. Andrew and Simon said, come and see. All through Scripture, people who connected with Jesus said, come and see. Won't you stand with me this morning? Let me ask you, have you climbed the highest mountains? Have you run through the fields, scaled city walls, but you still haven't found what you're looking for? Hear Jesus say today, come and see. Give him a try. If you're online this morning, give him a try. I'm not talking about the old college. Ugh. I'm talking about dive, that, like that song I mentioned last week. I'm diving in. Go all in and say, Lord, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Listen, sometimes the, this journey of faith is a lonely experience. Friends might betray you, let you down. Family might even disown you. But when you find that pearl of great price, you sell it all to gain it. Won't you bow with me this morning as we close? If you're online, if you'll comment. I know I, know I went a little past. Listen, what are you looking for today? Have you tried other things? Let me ask you this morning, if you're here today, say, you know what, Pastor, I really do need to find that satisfaction. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm still searching, I'm still longing, I'm still looking. I have tried many things, and you know what, maybe, maybe I just need to throw caution to the wind and just dive into the deep of who God is. I need to run after Him, pursue Him, find that fulfillment of my heart and my life. If that's you this morning, but nobody look around, just slip your hand right, right back down. I'm going to pray for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to find that complete satisfaction in my relationship with God. If that's you, just again, if you're online this morning, if you'll comment, I want to pray with you this morning. Thank you. Father, today, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are the answer to the questions that we don't even know that we have. 
You're, Lord, you're, you're the solution. I pray that today, Lord, as we hear that question echo and linger through the air, what do you want? It's not a question of what more, what other toys and trinkets that you, we can get. It's a question that permeates all of that and goes to the heart of our existence. What do you want out of life? What's your meaning? What's your purpose? Lord, I pray that today that you would help us to be able to articulate what it is that we truly are searching for. Lord, we're bouncing from pillar to post. We're running aimlessly through life, trying to find and trying all kinds of vices and things to find satisfaction, but it's not working. Lord, help us today to know that there's only one that we need and that it's in him. It's in him that we live and move and have our very being. And it's in that place that relationship that we have the fullness of life help us to live in that fullness though the storms come things happen Lord we're built on a good foundation and will not be moved Lord now I pray you'll go with us give us a wonderful Sunday school time give us a great second service I pray Lord may we know that in the search for meaning and purpose it's not apart from you but it's in you that we find what we're looking for. I love and I bless each one now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Thank you for being with us online this morning. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you and I love you very much. Controls the world.